When some were speaking about the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God, Jesus said, As for these things that you see, the days will come when not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown down. They asked him, Teacher, when will this be? And what will be the sign that this is about to take place? And Jesus said, Beware that you are not led astray. For many will come in my name and say, I am he, and the time is near. Do not go after them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for these things must take place. But the end will not follow immediately. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes and in various places famines and plagues. And there will be dreadful portents and great signs from heaven. But before all of this occurs, they will arrest you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors because of my name. This will give you an opportunity to testify. So make up your minds not to prepare your defense in advance, for I will give you words and a wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, by relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated all because of my name, but not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your souls. The Gospel of Lord. Congregation may be seated. Grace to you and peace from God our Creator and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Not tons of good news in the text today. Sorry about that, but you know, this is what our Lord gives us to work with. And all that violence and terrible portents and signs and all of that makes me think about Jenny Roberts and I, our youth director. Because we got in an argument this week and we were arguing about work. And she says to me, Candace, you know, sometimes you ask too much of people. And I said to her, really? Give me 14 examples. <laughs> Just kidding. I stole that joke. I stole that joke from my favorite comic, Poorly Drawn Lines. That's pretty much all I do on the internet, is I look at comics and funny memes and videos, trying to kind of get out of my own head so that I can just enjoy life a little bit. I do use Facebook, as you all know, to post pictures and keep in touch with people and share my feelings. And this past Monday was one of those days where I was on Facebook just to share my feelings. About 6 p.m. on Monday night, I posted this. My plan for tomorrow. Get up, start a crock pot of corned beef and cabbage, vote, then spend the day focused on the only tiny corner of the world that I have any real impact on. It's about a 10-mile radius surrounding a cul-de-sac in O'Fallon. That's what I'm going to do because that's all I can do. Everybody read Psalm 146.3. Thank you, Heather. And if you're curious, Psalm 146.3 says, Do not put your trust in princes, in human beings who cannot save. And this whole long tirade on Facebook was about trying to encourage anyone who was feeling election anxiety that was coming the next day. But honestly, I was really just talking to myself. You guys ever have those posts where you're just talking to yourself? Because I was having trouble with anxiety. 
Every election has seemed consequential and it makes me nervous. And I was trying to get myself to focus on my little tiny corner of reality. I was preaching to myself. I do that a lot because I am one of those people who worries about things I cannot possibly control. I am someone, someone waiting for the world economy to a collapse. I'm waiting for the aliens to invade. I'm waiting for the asteroid to hit. I am looking for the dreadful portents and the great signs from heaven. It's just the way I'm made. But I am, I think, in good company because that is exactly what's going on with the disciples today in our gospel reading. They are worried. They're fretting about all the terrible things that can and will happen in the world. They're admiring the beautiful buildings that they have created, the temple and all its adornments. And they're thinking about their lives. And they're knowing that all those things are at risk because the world is broken and can spin radically out of control at a moment's notice. That's where the disciples are at. So they asked Jesus, when? When will all this happen? It's exactly, exactly the question I would ask Jesus myself so that maybe I could get my family ahead of the danger and into safety. I would want to know when and how and where. And maybe you notice that Jesus doesn't tell them that these things aren't concerning or that they won't happen. That is not what he says. He acknowledges them. Yep, this is real. Jesus basically says there are big, big problems coming. This is a sinful world. And our cooperation with this sinful world is going to lead to wars and persecution and plagues and natural disasters. And all of this, all of this is important and real stuff. You are right to worry. But right after acknowledging it, Jesus completely switches gears and says, but make up your mind not to think about it in advance. Now that is not a prayer phrase. That is what he says. Make up your mind not to think about it in advance. Thank you for that, Jesus. About 15 years ago, I had just come off of a really very serious health scare. One of those life-changing health scares. And I was having trouble kind of letting go of that whole experience. And I was imposing all these fears and what-if scenarios on my health, and then I was imposing them all on my children's health, and it was consuming me to the point where I could not get a single other thing done in my life. I needed help. So I went to a therapist, Dr. Katie. And for weeks, I just poured out to Dr. Katie all these anxieties and all these worries. And about a month in, she says to me, Candace, why go through this trauma twice? Why go through this trauma twice? Bad things are certainly going to happen, and you're going to have to deal with the traumatic experience then. Why torture yourself now, traumatizing yourself over it? Why go through it twice? That is the sense I get of what Jesus is talking about with his disciples today. It's going to happen. It's going to be hard. And he knows just exactly how hard, because he's the one that's going to go to the cross because of it. But he doesn't want them to spend time focused on what they cannot control. 
Leave it to me, he says. And then he says, I'm even going to give you the words that you're going to need in those moments anyway, so don't even think about the words that you need to say. Now, why would Jesus do that? Why would Jesus tell us that these things are going to happen but not to worry about them? Why would he want us to push the real-world events out of our forefront in our minds to the background? Well, the answer to that question is actually in our Bibles. So, let's get our Bibles out real quick. And turn to page 961. 961 at our Gospel reading, Luke 21. That's where our Gospel reading was today. Now, if you have your own Bible, I can't give you the page number, sorry. Folks at home as well. You're going to have to look up Luke 21. All right, so you see where our reading is at verse 5. The destruction of the temple foretold. You see that title, right? That's the context into which Jesus is talking. But look right at the start of chapter 21 and the title there. What is it? The widow's offering. Let's read. Jesus looked up and saw rich people putting their gifts into the treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins. And he said, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty has put, it all, has put in all that she had to live on. Now we have always looked at this little story as an example of giving, and giving more than you can possibly imagine. And that, that is absolutely true. But here's my question today, especially in the context of what Jesus is talking about. Why is Jesus the only one noticing this destitute widow putting her last two coins in the treasury? And why isn't anyone going and snatching those two coins out of the treasury and saying to this woman, you have given enough? Take these home with you. Better yet, come home with me so I can feed you. This story gets told in such a nondescript way, and Jesus is the only one who notices it, and it has got me thinking, well, maybe that is why Jesus doesn't want his disciples so fixated on these big, huge world events that they cannot control. Because they cannot notice the back, in anything going on in the background with all their worries. They aren't seeing the very real famine and plague of one personal person's life going on in front of them because they are so wrapped up in these huge, big, calamitous things that they are afraid of. And maybe, just maybe, that is why Jesus tells them, let me worry about that. Let me worry about things you cannot possibly control so they can pay attention to that neighbor. This is Jesus that we're talking about after all. The Jesus who takes on everything we cannot, all our sin and all our shame and all our fear. He takes all of that on not just to secure our souls, but to make sure that we are securing the bodies of our neighbor. Now, what does that look like? What does that look like 
to let go of what we cannot control, to give all of what we cannot control over to our Lord so that we can push into our focus things that are happening in the background of our lives. Well, at almost the exact, exact time last week, or this week, on Monday, when I'm making that post on Facebook about how I'm trying to focus on my little corner of reality, at that exact same time, Community Meals is going on here at Faith. Our Monday night meal program where anyone who wants a meal can come and get a warm meal in a safe place. And at almost that exact same time, a gentleman who clearly needed a warm meal and a safe place came into faith and sat down and ate. And then when he was done, he got up and he went and he asked our servers, do you have a coat that I could have? I don't know what you're looking out at right now with this snow. It was 80 degrees on Monday. No one had a coat. No one had a coat. And we do not keep donated clothing items here at Faith. So unfortunately, the answer was no, sir. No one has one. And knowing you people like I do, I am positive that those servers that he was talking to were trying to come up with a solution. I'm positive. But they didn't have to. Because seated at a table was a family with a teenage boy who somehow was able to hear this conversation going on in the background of his life in that moment. And he got up, and he followed the guy outside, and he gets into their car, and he gets his coat out, and he gives it to the guy. So here is my prayer today. Get me there. Get me there, Lord. Get me to where this boy is. Hold my anxieties and my worries and trust. Make me a listener. Draw my attention to the background of your saving work. And maybe you need that prayer this week too. Maybe what you got going on in your life is just as real and as hard as all of this stuff going on in our text today, but you can't control it. So you need this prayer too. So here it is. Lord, take possession of our fretting hearts. Take to the cross every worry and heartache we have and turn our attention to the body and souls of those nearest to us. Let us see and hear all that you have set aside. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.